Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cochilillo, and today we have Lori Morrison on the show. She has a book, I think it's called Disintegration of Reality, which is kind of like a biography of a, a really wild experience that she has had. And she also has another book on spirit, shamanic spirit animals and spirit guides, which is also, the both the, the books are interconnected from what she just told me. One led into another, and um, I'm really anxious to hear this uh, story and to learn more about uh, the spirit animals and spirit communication. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you, Gary, for inviting me. I look forward to speaking to your audience today. So, 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 so tell your story. I, I know a little bit because I read the media kit, but uh, it, it was really fascinating, you know, about for, like, like for the very beginning, like it's really fascinating because there's there, there's things there that I think a lot of people, not paranormal stuff, but just regular stuff that people identify with. Like you have a a, a tale of, of it's about like losing your husband and going into depression and dealing with uh, all all kinds of things and how you came through that situation, um, you know, spiritually and how it is gotten you to where you are now yes i am um, you know i started out in life very um dedicated to um careers i worked in wall street i worked um, in the um, oil field industry finance you know i was i was the little banker <laughs> you know with my brooks brother <laughs> suits and my little bow tie and and <clears throat> went through all that and then I met uh, my husband, who was from El Salvador. And so he took me down there and got a one-way ticket. And I still continued to work in the business world down there. I was became an entrepreneur. I had several businesses, mostly in food and wine. And just, you know, was living that, that kind of life that you, um, you know, you kind of plan for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then I, um, then my husband died. He died in my arms in our, our home was on a, um, a peninsula that jetted out inside of a volcanic, volcanic lake in El Salvador. So very remote place we lived and he, um, had a stroke and died and it was very, you know, traumatic. Obviously Mm -hmm. I, I went through, you know, just these horrible moments of trying to save him. And then unfortunately he was gone. So um, this was, um, you know, kind of the beginning of the, of the whole thing. And what happened was he was, his body was there um, at the house because we, since we were so remote, it was, we had to wait a while for, you know, the doctors to come and the coroner, all this. And so he was there for a while. And I was sitting in the room, of course, in total, you know, trauma with what had happened. And uh, his voice came into my head and said, I'm not there. I'm over here. <laughs> and of course, I'd never been psychic. I've uh-huh. never heard anything. I never, you know, had this happen to me. And I'm like, where? <laughs> where are you? And his voice was as clear as if he was there. And so I thought, well, that's interesting. 
And so, um, you know, I went through the regular routine of, you know, the death happens, you know, funerals and all that. And then ended up back at home in this remote place, very alone. And so time went by and I started to have kind of this sense that there was a veil around me that kept disintegrating. So in other words, I would walk, go on a walk and all of a sudden I didn't see the tree as fine tuned as it was, or the leaf would disintegrate. I remember holding a hibiscus flower in my hand and it just particleized in my hand. So I was starting to have these very, you know, very strange experiences, mostly things turning into particles. Hmm. And so that was the first thing. And then I had about um, the visit of about 12 snakes. So I would be sitting in my office and the snake would come down in front of the window. <laughs> and then I had them going into the house. I had a caretaker there and he, we were just getting rid of snakes all the time. And this wasn't normal for you know where we lived because after the construction, when they kind of found their homes and mm-hmm. moved away. Of course, the symbol of the snake is awakening, kundalini, um, you know, all that. So that was interesting. And I called a friend of mine who was a psychic. I said, why do I see all these snakes? And she said, oh, that's that's an interesting sign for you. (laughs) And of course, you know, she explained all that to me because I I had absolutely no knowledge of what that even meant. So then on my 52nd birthday, I was at the house and I found out later from shamans in, my, in the Mayan world down there where I lived, is that the 50, your 52nd birthday is the conjuncture of the Gregorian calendar with the Mayan calendar. So that is where the, 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 the student becomes the teacher. The, 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 the movement from one um, phase <clears throat> into another. <clears throat> and it's usually like when the shaman graduates into the elderly or the wisdom teacher kind mm-hmm. of thing so that was that night and um the voices came in very strong there were beams of light coming down all over my property and i was like well, you know what's going this place is going crazy again the similar disintegration kept happening and so i saw then all of a sudden i could see like a mayan villages and then i saw smoke coming out of little houses and then i saw like i had moved in to this other world um then i <clears throat> so that was one of the nights so then a couple nights prior to my birthday i walked outside of my on the, uh, in, the, in the lawn and a cloud formed above me and rained on me like a little puffy cloud and it rained. And my, um, the girl who did the cooking at the house, she came running out, she said, you know, so you wonder what's going on, what's happening to you? And I said, I have no idea why it just rained on me. I mean, just shock. Um, and so this, these paranormal events were occurring. I was starting to slip out of reality because I was beginning more and more to see a <clears throat> beyond the veil than I was in my own, even to see my own home. Mm-hmm. I, I had moments where I didn't even know if I was on the planet. I would walk into the kitchen and wave at, at, my, at my helpers to see if they could even see me. Because <laughs> I was feeling like I was moving between the worlds. 
Uh-huh. So I um so that night on my birthday, I was told to go down to the end of the peninsula because it was like a peninsula that jetted out into the, the lake. And I was told to stand there. And at that moment, 13 Mayan elders formed a circle around me. And of course, I had nothing to say at that point. It's just like, what is going on? You know, you, you're in shock. And so um, I didn't really, I didn't know what to do. And they said, lay down on the ground. It was like a grassy area. And so I lay down. And then within probably 10 minutes, a beam of light hit my body and I was gone for three hours. So um, when I woke up, I was still there and I was paralyzed. And so they say that's kind of what they call astrocatalepsy, which is when you've left your body for such a long period of time, the integration can cause your body to paralyze. So it took me a while to kind of get back. And then um, I finally, kind of came to, and at that moment, I could only see the world through the lens of sacred geometry. I couldn't see a leaf, I saw triangles. I didn't see trees, I saw mixtures of triangles. I couldn't see, I could not see the world ever again the way I saw it. And this brought on, um, I spoke, fluent Mayan, which I had never taken a class. <laughs> and I was, um, you know, just in this whole other dimensional place. And that started what they told me. Then, then that day, um, four jaguars showed up and said they were my spirit animals and that they were going to take me through a shamanic initiation. You know, this is miss wall street <laughs> okay and i'm going does anyone else see these <laughs> these jaguars and um so for two years i was initiated by these four jaguars and these 13 mayan wisdom keepers and they taught me everything about shamanism everything about plants they would just it was very interesting because they would just download things. So I wouldn't have to learn it. It would just be like, okay, today we're going to talk to you about plant medicine and then a file would drop in. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I just had this knowing about plant medicine. And then they would say, we're going to teach you today about um, healing the water in your house, for example. And so healing the water table. And so I, the drop in and then I kind of know what to do then. So it was um, two years of this, but it didn't go with out craziness because when this happened to me, I thought I had lost my mind. Right. And so I ended up um, trying to make sense of it from a human perspective, which was a big mistake. And um, I ended up in mental hospitals. So I was in um, two mental hospitals 
and people were obviously trying to figure out what was wrong with me. I was diagnosed with every diagnosis that a, a psychiatrist has in, the, in their um, manual. Mm-hmm. And um, but the purpose of going there, you know, there was always a purpose through the whole thing was to help people get out of there. There were a lot of people like me there. Um, and a lot of them were possessed. And so um, when I would sit there in the mental hospital, I would talk to the to the entities that had possessed the people, not the person, because I was on another channel. Um, so I worked with the entities, tried to convince them to leave the people alone. Then the people would stop hearing voices and then they would get better and then they got so it was my purpose was to work in that you know, deeper shamanic um, realm of healing. Mm-hmm. And I found at that time that most people in mental hospitals had shamanic issues. In other words, things that sh- shamans should be dealing with, not um, doctors and nurses. And the um, I got all, almost everybody got out, but in the process, I looked completely nuts because I was doing all these crazy things. And so I just kept getting crazier and crazier and everyone else got out. Um, so I ended up staying, you know, till I could convince them so that I could get out. Um, and then when I got out, um, they've kind of made a deal where I could, they'd let me out as long as I had outpatient help. And so I started going to psychiatrists and then I met an elder, elder psychiatrist who had been around the block, you know, with mental hospitals. He'd worked in a hospital, I think, back in Pennsylvania. And by this time, I was in Arizona. I had gone to the States, um, and um, I, had, I felt I had to move from the area where I was at because the energy was so um, just crazy. I couldn't live there. So um, this man... Um, you know, was trying to fix me, of course, with medication and everything else. I found that the more medication I took, the worse I got. So I avoided it. You know, they would make prescriptions for everything, and then I just throw everything away. And um, so I was with these people for a while, but then I realized, you know, um, these people don't, they're not going to help me. This is just, I'm not getting any better. And so a friend of mine told me about a group of crackpot shamans down in Columbia. And she said that a friend of hers was similar to me, um, unable, my, my diagnosis later on, I figured out I was stuck in the fifth dimension. I couldn't mm-hmm. get back to the third. So I was just, I was trying to survive. <clears throat> and um, a friend of hers had been in a, in a mental hospital in Panama for almost five years with a similar case. And she said, these crackpot shamans in Colombia fixed, you know, fixed the problem. So I got on a plane and flew to Colombia and met um, these shamans and spent two weeks with them. Um, they said I was one of the worst cases they'd ever seen. Um, they, it was a struggle for them. Um, they didn't, you know, they worked very, very hard um, to get me out of it. In fact, Later on, one of the shamans um, died. So it was very difficult. And um, <clears throat> so I went through that and I was better, but I was still, um, you know, suffering the 
um, really what it is is the it's just a total destruction of everything you ever believed in. And to give you an idea, for example, I would watch television. If I turned the television on, I could only hear subliminal messages. I could never hear the third third D message. I could see the um, the workings behind everything. Um, I never, I couldn't believe what I saw because everything was on another dimensional space that I was that I had the understanding. So, um, you know, everything that was happening in the world was was different than what what most people perceived. So I just became this cook because you know everyone was seeing one thing and I was seeing something completely different. Um, I also <clears throat> had paranormal experiences where the group that came to see me, the 13 Mayans, they lived under the lake that I lived on. And I, at night I would find myself hovering above my bed and then they would take me underneath the lake. And I would be given classes and I'd be training and mm -hmm. things like that. And then I found, I kept getting, I kept waking up with bruises all over my body. And I realized that I was having a certain amount of awareness as I was coming back through the walls of my house. And so some little pieces of me would bruise because I wasn't completely in particle form to be, you know, shifting around. <clears throat> so all of this occurred and I did, I did start to get better. And I finally realized that my way out was, you know, to really go down the path of shamanism, learn about it, understand it, find the traditions and see what parallels it had mm -hmm. with what had occurred, what they had told me with what people were actually teaching. And so I had, I was healed by a native American um, who just showed up one day, drove um, like five hours from the res and said that he'd been sent by my Mayan, by the Mayans to heal me. And um, so all of these synchronistic events and, and things occurred through this whole um, you know, episode. And I realized that you know, I was just I was just given some phenomenal gifts and that my job is to use those gifts. Wow. It's like when you made it, when you describe like what you're um, experiencing. It, it to me it almost sounds like a little bit like a condition called I think it's called synesthesia where like people will um, <clears throat> like rather than see a color they'll taste a color or rather than hear a sound they'll see a color you yeah. know like those type of things kind of just the brain starts interpreting them as, as different than what we normally are perceiving them. Yes, that's a perfect example. I used, when birds would sing, I would see rainbows coming mm -hmm. out of them. Mm -hmm. So I did live in a, in a very beautiful world. It was not a, um, as long as I stayed out of fear, um, I was in those higher vibrational places and I saw the world with color, with sound, um, everything was in a, in a very different, you know, totally different perception, but it was beautiful. Wow. I don't know if I would want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was interesting because I, I was having a lot of, um, out of body experiences through this. So the, one of the first ones I had 
<clears throat> I, I was on my patio and um, left my body. I was very happy. I thought I was leaving. I thought I was going in a spaceship. I thought they were coming. And I think that was probably because of my team because they do live on another planet. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping I was going to work with them somewhere. Um, and I left my body. I was, I was gone for several hours um, until a neighbor found me and I was unresponsive. And then they called 911 and then they came <clears throat> and um, I didn't respond. And I sat in my backyard watching them revive me thinking, do I really want to go back there? <laughs> so you're right. <laughs> you know, I, I, I heard a similar story with another person that I interviewed who um, went into a crop circle near Stonehenge and she lost consciousness for about two or three hours until somebody found her. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you know, she was in communication with all kinds of spirits. And, you know, one of them is, it was like a, a group of uh, Syrian, Syrian mm -hmm. beings. And, um, it was, you know, it just sounds, th th this story just has some parallels, mm -hmm. you know, what you're telling me. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, um, you know, I never really had any experience with UFOs. I didn't have any, I, I truly no knowledge of this. I just had, you know, it was totally cold. So I didn't have any template or perspective to make any sense of this. So I think that was probably even more of the insanity because I just felt like I was, I, you, know, what, you know, what has happened to me? You know, I am no longer this person that I was. I even saw my face change in the mirror. Um, and, you know, so many paranormal, paranormal events occurred to the point where you just surrender. You're just like, whatever. This is where, you know, I, I had no, no control over what was happening to me. Just had to learn to surrender. And the four Jaguars were there because I found that being on that higher vibration, if you pop into fear, you are toast. And of course, as a human being, that's something very easy to do. Um, just driving a car requires fear. And you have to defend yourself against that car who's going to hit you. <clears throat> and I was at such a high vibration that I couldn't drive because I would, people would crash into me. And I had to stay pretty much isolated. Or I would be with a friend and she would be driving and I would think about her speeding and we'd have five police cars around the car. So I was manifesting at such a high rate um, that I really couldn't be in the world um, with how I was. It was just too dangerous. I, I saw you know, dead spirits like regular people. So I couldn't tell if I was going to run over them or if I was going to hit them or, you know, I, I, I had no way of knowing who was spirit and who was solid. Right. So it was, it got to this really manic place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, it's interesting. So how is it like for you now? Like, like are you, are you able to go back and forth between the third dimension and the fifth dimension at will um or is it still involuntary for you 
Well, what happened first of all was um, I had spiritual PTSD. Um, <clears throat> there was there was the good with the bad and mm-hmm. the evil. And the, so I was uh, there was a time during this where I was possessed because I was like a light bulb out there. So beings were coming in and out of my body all the time, using me. I um, <clears throat> took a lot. <coughs> excuse me. It took a lot of um, work to clear myself to regain my sovereignty as a human being in that time and so after i was put back together um the first part was a lot of ptsd i didn't want to open up to anything i didn't want to be out in that other higher vibration i was trying desperately to get grounded Um, but then after i kind of settled into it i realized that i could be a very interdimensional being um, and now, since I've been, since it was such a long time that I was there, it's it almost two years, it's, it became a natural state for me. So now I can move pretty easily between the two. And it can almost, it almost seems, it's almost seamless now by after 10 years, um, where I can just pop in and pop out. But I've, I worked with, you know, some very, knowledgeable people about this work. I worked with a Haitian shaman woman who taught me a lot of those skills. Um, I worked with one of the top psychics um, in the United States who, you know, put Humpty Dumpty back together again because the fragmentation was very difficult to live with. Then after I started to, you know, feel comfortable in both worlds, then it was much easier for me to to move between the, the dimensional space. So when you're moving back and forth, is it actually like switching? Like one of the things like I always wonder is like, uh, sometimes I look at the five senses as more of like a filter. That's how we filter. We experience what we experience through our five sen- senses and it filters out the rest. Or is it... Um, so is is it like a do do you, do you see like being able to look into the fifth dimension or like what happened to you as almost like like the filter broke and all of a sudden like you're just perceiving everything? Yes, and you, I think that the reason that most people like me are not on the planet to tell these stories is because they usually commit suicide. Did because you think about so, that? Yes. You did. Because I didn't see the difference mm-hmm. in the third or the fourth or the fifth. Everything was very seamless to me. So I even had to check to see if I was still alive all the time because I didn't know if I had died, had I gone to heaven, why can I see this? You know, it's very confusing to know where you really are. And um, so I think the answer to your question is that it's um it is seamless but yet the mind is the barrier so the mind creates the uh, distortion of it Hmm. and um so so now um like from what i read in your bio bio it looks like you um have quite a bit of like uh channeling ability medium abilities um 
and you know, like, like it's really easy for you now to look over and, and, and help other people. Uh, do people come to you? Do you find these people? Uh, or is it is all work through synchronicities, all of the above? Well, about um, four years ago, I realized that I, you know, I can move into any, any part, you know, I can move into a particle, for example, I could look at you and say, and you might say, my neck hurts. Well, I can go and, and, and be a little camera and look at your third desk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So I can look there and I can say, oh, I see like a redness. Is that normal or is that not? Because I, I didn't know anything about the human body. So it helped me to have the guides to say, this is not normal. This should be like this or that or, you know. And then they would give me the energies that were needed, in other words, to heal that. So I just kind of started working with them like that. But it was very, I told them, I said, look, you guys are really good at this because this group, they live on this planet. It's, it's, a, it's a healing planet. So when people in the, in the solar system get ill or sick or they come off from other planets who've been through changes, kind of like what we're going through on our planet right now, those people go there and they are like the expert healers. So this group, I said to them, you know, it's very complicated because you, you know, I have you've given me this ability, you work through my eyes, you work through my hands, because I don't do it. I'm just a vessel, you know, a human that they use kind of like a robot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said, I really need something that will give, give me the names of these things. You know, I, I need, I need, descriptions i need to know that that is called such and such or that that mineral is this or that or whatever's missing and so one day they just dropped in a, a program they gave me a, a a period of program in my inbox and said you should look at this so i called the the um person who designed the program and met with them and i said you know i'm not a doctor i'm not anything but I feel like I need to work with this program. And then I explained what I did and they said, this would be perfect for you. So they sent me this technology um, and it's based on scalar images, you know, the Tesla based theory of quantum physics. And so I felt very comfortable and I knew it was right because I was supposed to take like a 10 week training program. And I only, I only turned it on and then you had to use it. Wow. I never took the class. I just knew what to do. Mm. <laughs> In fact, the girl who sold it to me, she's like, you don't want the training? I said, no. Because <laughs> I had the guys helping me. So, 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 so did the guys identify themselves to you? Like, who are they? What are they? Yeah, they Where are a group of from? healers from this planet. So they're from Very Earth? High tech. Very high tech. They've taken me there. I've seen it. I've taken actual... Uh, you know, people who died, had, I had um, some clients who were in the Holocaust um, and, you know, suffered terribly through that um, and got, they get stuck. And so their family members might call and say, you know, I feel like my mother needs help, you know, crossing over. And I've taken them to this planet mm-hmm. um, to help. So they'll help people like that. Um, but now they they really... They work with me more on the cutting edge of um, um, kind of quantum 
um, medicine, I guess. It's all energy frequency. So for example, I look for the underlying cause and best remedy for any kind of symptom that you might have. And the program has about a half a million possibilities. And so I'm able to scan someone very quickly. And then that way I can use my intuition um, quicker. Because otherwise, before I had to go into the body, it would take me maybe half an hour. I'd see what was wrong. I didn't know what to call it. I didn't know the medical term. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was much more difficult. But now I have all that backup with the um, the, the quantum program I use. Why you? Why do you think they chose you? <clears throat> you know, I've asked myself that a hundred times because I I seemed like the most unlikely. Um, person because I was not into this. Um, I think when I look back, um, I was involved with the Mayan culture several times in past lives. Um, In my book, I went to a very, um, a very knowledgeable group of, of spiritual people, and we brought them in to ask that question and it's in the book it's pretty amazing that whole little episode um and they they came they knew me they um talked about my commitments to them and um, they talked about past lives things that i did <clears throat> and that was the moment that i realized that i had some obligation to these to these beings and that i had been I had I had made the commitment. And it was more that I had told them that I would do this more than they would, um, you know, pick me. So um, how, how did you discover your past lives? Was it just revealed to you? Yeah, they showed them to me. Any of them in like Atlantis or Lemuria? Um, most of them, I would see myself in um, my territory, mm-hmm. you know, like Guatemala, El Salvador. Um, I was, that was the time when I knew them. So those lifetimes were shown to me at my relationship with them. I also was known. So when they, fairly well known to to these communities. So when they would take me uh, back into those times, sometimes they would disguise me. Um, In other words, I would appear in that time I was with them. Um, and then they would always tell me to cloak myself, like to put something all in my head so that people couldn't see me because people knew me. And um, so, because those those times still exist just on another plane. So the fact that I was coming from one dimension to another, um, they didn't want me to be bothered by a bunch of people that I didn't maybe possibly recognize because I had still the, you know, the knowledge of this this dimension when I was busy. Um, so were any secrets of the Mayan culture revealed to you? Because the Mayans are sort of a mysterious culture to begin with. I mean, they kind of just disappeared. I mean, I've heard just different stories. Like, I've been down there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and like, and I know the locals in that area just say that the Spanish came, they interbred, and and, and that's basically was, was the end of it. And, you know, like, up here, you know, we all look at it as like, well, they just disappeared. Like something happened. They just bolted or went to another mm-hmm. planet or, or another dimension or, or they just 
sacrificed everybody off and threw them into Sonodi or something. <laughs> and um, so, so what was any of that? Um, did you, were you able to find out any information on like actually what happened to them? Yes, they, um, there was a time, they were very peace loving people because most of them came from Lemuria or Atlantis. So they were very peace loving. They were not these kind of horrific beings that you sometimes saw in the movies about sacrificing. They told me that what happened was there was a period of time when there were some um, leadership or whatever that came and told them they had to live in the heart. The, the whole thing was, you know, coming into this heart energy, which is we hear about this all the time, you know, in the new age movement. The thing was, is that some of these um, rulers, they told me, became obsessed with the heart. In other words, it was like their ticket to another dimension or place. And this is when the sacrifices started. The hearts are sacrifices. And so just like every culture, you know, things get crazy. People start, you know, developing beliefs that are, you know, not healthy for the for the collective. And so things kind of went haywire with that. Um, they were very, um, uh, they were very apologetic about that and felt that it was really a big kind of negative um, mark on, on their civilization mm -hmm. um, because they felt that they really, as people, they were very loving and caring. Um, I can tell you they did not like, um, they were, I felt through those three years, I had a, an aversion to Catholicism. And I walked towards a church one time and I threw up. Mm -hmm. I I was deathly sick. Um, I went to I, mean, I live in Sedona and I went to the little chapel here. Um, my my legs sunk into the cement. I couldn't walk forward into it. So I think this was the trauma of these lifetimes of the Spaniards coming, you know, at, at that time. So I was yeah. I was very I felt very traumatized um, myself as I was in their world, mm -hmm. I felt they were, they had extreme trauma from what occurred. And plus I saw most of the ones that were with me had died of, um, of English or, or European diseases. Wow. So they were, that was how they died. Mm -hmm. A lot of, there was a lot of people who left the planet that way. Um, but they did have a significant um, um, connection to um, UFOs. Um, they showed me how they would go get around, how they were being visited all the time. Um, they, uh, the last of the civilization left by um, UFOs. Um, the people that would come in the UFOs, they showed me were in one lifetime that one of them was me. Um, I would come and help them to grow their crops and make irrigation channels. So, but I would come on a ship. That's how I would visit, and I'd stay with them for a while, teach them, and then I'd leave. So um, they were very connected with teachers from other planets. Hmm. Yeah, like, I like I know when I was when I was down there, I I did climb one of the Mayan pyramids in a 
and on top, you know, it looked so out of place, but there was like just a big cross. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's like they're still sort of afraid of the, the original Mayan culture there. So they just stick crosses everywhere. Well, it's interesting because when the Europeans came to that area, they didn't have the cross, but it was the four directions. Mm-hmm. And so the um, colonizers or, or conquistadors, we should say, um, they were like, oh, great. These people are already into Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> And then all of a sudden they realized, oh, not the same one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they kind of blended it from from what I heard from the locals. Is the, you know, once they realized they couldn't kill everybody off, they kind of started blending the Christian with mm-hmm. some of the more Mayan symbols and right and building yeah. on top of their, you know, already. Well, the first thing that you know, the Catholics got rid of the snake. You know, we've heard the horrible stories about snakes, but you know, all of their Temples as you saw are all they're full of snakes. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all about enlightenment. <laughs> <laughs> and um, is there any so? Is there a relation between the Mayans and the North American Native Americans? Yes, yes. Um, in fact, you know, when I moved there, I you know I I um I had lived some time in Arizona. And you know, I had some little bit of familiarity with the Navajo and Hopis. And when I saw the people down in Central America, I said, these people look exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they look to me exactly. And um, because really, what I what they showed me was that the Exodus came from both sides. So there was the Lemurian Exodus, which really was the big push into the southern United States, like here where I live. Um, I have a in the home where I'm at. Um, I didn't know it. I bought the lot two years ago, and then all the UFO people came to me and said, "Oh my God, you own lot 10. <laughs> I'm like, "What's happening on lot ten? They said, "Oh, oh, it's a huge portal. Everything goes in and out of Sedona on your lot." That's why I'm like, "Oh, great, here we go." <laughs> no doubt that I was guided to to be here, <clears throat> but this whole area where I live is all um, Lemurian um, origin. Mm-hmm. Um, there's crystal beds here. There's a Mayan temple near my home in another dimensional space. Um, there's several Lemurian hotspots. Um, the chakra system of Sedona is very different from the one you see when most tourists come. Uh, I've worked with some very, um, you know, very knowledgeable beings about, you know, where these openings are and where these portals are, and they're they actually run right through my property. So, um, you know, it's a very different place because of the Lemurian influence, but just just on another dimension. And the Mayans had it from the the Pacific side, but then they also had um, immigration from Atlantis. So it was a a blending of two cultures, although they were very mixed from the beginning anyway. Um, and so it's pretty much a, um, you know, that's where they came from. That's, that's who the, the people they were. They were very um, high. There were kind of two groups. There was the heart-based, which were more the ones that came in the, into the Western part. So that was the Navajo, the Hopi, the Shasta region. Um, that was the real heart chakra-based um, peoples. You know, they were more in that energy. The ones from the 
um, Atlantic side were more involved in technology. So the Mayans had two because they came from both cultures. And so they had kind of the blending of those two um, kind of theories and philosophies of life. And the group that I would work with are very heart-based, but also very tech-based, yeah. which is that Atlantean um, energy. Have you received any information on what happened to uh, Atlantis and Lemuria? Um, yes, there was an energetic um, thing that occurred. Um, Atlantis was a very masculine energy, and it just it all kind of lines up, you know, with the dharmas from the um, Hindu um, predictions. So it all just these 25,000 year cycles pretty much align with all the ancient wisdom that we had. So the, um, the Lemurian group were very feminine. Um, the Atlantean were very masculine. So nobody was really balanced. These were not balanced civilizations. So eventually they died out because of the lack of balance. Supposedly now that we just went into the Aquarian age, we're going to be both. So, you know, we're moving out of that masculine energy and becoming more balanced. So hopefully this next you know, golden age that we're talking about that's coming will be much more of a, um, much be easier to live in. But we will not be in so many extremes and duality. Sounds like I should have been born maybe a thousand years later then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, you know, the um, creation that calls the 2021 um, uh, the, the convergence he calls it the beginning of the end <laughs> uh, and so that's where we are <laughs> yeah, it sure seems that way <laughs> <laughs> it only lasts it only is supposed to last four years so we do have you know chaos and confusion and before we find our calm <laughs> I just got to survive it. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of writing. I, I told everyone, I did another podcast the other day, and I, I told everyone, it's kind of like you got on this cruise ship that's going to the new Murray in Atlantis, but you can't get off to get there. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good analogy. It's like for four years, and I can't guarantee what's on the buffet. <laughs> I don't know. I, I spent eight days on the cruise ship and that was too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, this is a four-year cruise ship. <laughs> yeah, I, I prefer the shorter four-day cruises. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna prefer that, believe me. But yeah, we are in the four years of and you know the and the Mayans, it's interesting. They um they showed me everything. And this is another crazy phenomenon thing they did. I was I was sitting in my apartment, of course, by this time I'm I'm locked up because I know I can't go outside and talk to anybody. And um, they said, um, go to your DVD player. There's a disc in there and put it in the disc. And so I pulled it out and it was a Toby Keith CD. I don't know who Toby Keith is, okay? I was into Latin music. <clears throat> so I take the Toby Keith disc and I put it in my CD. And for eight hours, I saw the future of the world. Narrated by my voice. Hmm. And other voices would pop in like 
people that I knew. They had spliced and diced every little video that I'd ever been in, anything that I had spoken in. They took the words and spliced and diced it into sentences so that I was telling myself about it. Wow. Um, so I was, and I was so excited because I thought I have the proof. I can show everybody what they're telling me, what they're showing me. Um, they used um, scenes from movies. So in other words, I might've seen a splice and dice of maybe a hundred movies. Hmm. And then um, like the kid, the person would come out and, and tell me, and then another person would say something different. So it was just, it was, I mean, it would be, it would take someone, you know, those things where on TV, where you see that where they're dancing and they're showing the different um, songs and they yeah. have like somebody dancing. It was kind of like that, but way more sophisticated. In other words, sometimes one word, someone would say one word and the next person would say the next word. That makes any sense. Right. Um, and so it would have taken a genius to have put this together. There was no way. It was just a little Hollywood stunt. And um, it went on for eight hours. I just, I sat there with my mouth open and watching a lot of what's happening right now. I was seeing that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was so excited because I said, I've got this tape. I'm going to show the world. I'm going to prove that I all these crazy things that happened to me. Here's all on tape. And I put it back in. Toby Keith. <laughs> and then I then they said, well, go back. There's another um, CD in this other room. And I went there and it was a CD that a guy had given to me. For, uh, he was starting a new development. So it was like a prospectus of this new development. They said, put that in. And then they showed me more stuff. And that was the... That was the um, the whole story of, um, of, of our planet and what was going to happen to it, um, the whole thing. And um, then I thought, okay, great, I've got it on here. And then same thing, I went back and there was back to normal. So I, um, so, you know, and, and if you think about it, I mean, how frustrating is that? You know, you're sitting in your house and you're thinking, you finally got the answer to your entire craziness and now you don't and i would it would be very frustrating um ancestry.com they took me to ancestry.com and um tried to show me how i was related to all of them mm -hmm. <laughs> and so i at this at this point i was first by that time my friends were you know saying you know Lori, you really need help <laughs> We need to get you to it's a psychiatrist. And um, so, yeah, this it was craziness a long time. So how many people on the planet are going to survive the next four years? Well, I think, I think the term survive. I mean, physically yeah. live. In the, in the body. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to be tied to whatever narrative you're on. So you're going to have the ability to create a new reality in the next few. So whatever reality you're in, you will probably remain there. But the big key to it, 
um, if you are in a fear-based reality, it's not going to be pleasant. So, you know, my advice from them would be to do not engage in anything that is fearful because that will be the reality you will create and you'll just be in that high-stressed, high-fearful environment um, because you'll just end up in that reality. So will certain people vanish from as like these switch reality like will the fear faced the fear-based people go to their own reality the ones that are yeah. positive and heart, heart chakra based go to their reality and then they'll yeah. just sort of vanish off the physical plane well like they'll just say, disappear well they'll disappear to some people who aren't on their frequency so in other words just like i could see dead people walking around, I was on their frequency to see them. Mm -hmm. So I was into that fifth dimensional space so I could see fifth dimensional beings, okay? To get there, you have to be very high vibration. You cannot, and that's why I had the four Jaguars in my experience because they taught me how to fear nothing. And when I completely you know, disintegrated fear, I could, I could be successful in that place. Whereas if I didn't, I was better off in the third. So it'll be like that. Hmm. Sounds weird. Because all of this, I mean, the fifth dimension exists. I mean, I have a beautiful um, Lemurian priestess, mm -hmm. Isa, who lives here near me and you know we see each other and she comes in she channels for me she lives here but it's not really here now because i know how to set my vibrational energy to hers and her and she knows how to set hers to me we see each other right. but um that's you know that's something you learn that's something you adapt that's something you live in you know work into um, will people be able to traverse through the dimensions? Like, I mean, you know, being in this dense state, yeah, it's kind of, it can be a bummer, but we also comes with like, you know, the pleasures of having a physical body, like being able to eat food and have sex mm -hmm. and go swimming and lay out in the sun mm -hmm. that may not be available in like the fifth dimension in, in something that's a higher vibration. So will it be, will people be able to move back and forth so they can still enjoy some of the pleasures that are here in this dimension? Well, this will be the first time in the cycles that you'll actually go in the body. Um, it's interesting. My father just passed away um a couple months ago and i orchestrated his um transition and helped him um and it was beautiful we had the rain came crashing down two rainbows came um, my, my group worked with me and he went right through the two rainbows and when he got to the other side you know he said to me oh what a relief he said he had a body because you can create a body but he says, I don't have to be on a diet anymore, thank God. Because he was on a diet his whole life. Mm -hmm. That was the first thing he said, was I can just live in this body 
that I create that I don't have all the issues with it. So you can, um, you know, he left his body to go to the other side. We can go in this. In other words, we can, I can still be Lori. You can still be Gary. And, and you can go from the third to the fifth. Well, that's good to know because I'd really hate to give up all my earthly pleasures if I, <laughs> if I did. Although I, I suspect I'll probably just be on a lower dimension. Like I'm not a fear-based person myself, but um, I'm definitely sort of attached to to this type of life. Well, it's you know, it will just become it will become more and more difficult to be here. So just like the struggles that I had, um, you know, if, if there's not a, you know, a fundamental shift, um, I predict most people will go mentally, be mentally ill. Yeah. So the mind, you know, the body might make it, <laughs> but the mind will struggle because it, it's very hard to sh make that shift. That's why it's gradual. Because that way, otherwise people would be like me. The, the, the whole place would be full of mental people in mental hospitals. Um, so are you able to see other people's spirit animals? Yes. And what they are. Could you tell me what my spirit animal is? Um, yeah, I could probably shift to that. Um, let me see. Can I put my book here? Got my book. I can tell you about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I do with my program is I mentioned the program that I use. Mm -hmm. And what I do is I put the person through the scan and I scan them to see what animal came in with them. Um, we all come in with a spirit animal when we're born. And so because of that, um, I can go back to that time and see what animal you came in with. Okay. And then um, make, that usually is an animal that was kind of a theme for you. Okay. Okay. So give me your, um, so I've got Gary, still the last name Gary, that's a hard one. Okay. It's a C-O. C C I O L I L L O. Okay. And what's your birthday? 12 30 1967. Oh, you just had a birthday. I did. Happy birthday. Thanks. So, 12. <clears throat> this is the program that I use with the um, health issues. And where were you born? Princeton, New Jersey. Okay. So, and again, this would be the, the animal that was with you um, at birth. Mm -hmm. um, the Native Americans use um, power animals a lot. And they use them to, as when they raise their kids, like um, the kids always are given a power animal. It's a, it's a strength. Um, it's a you know, very strong energy. How do your announcement going through? 
Well, I'll do it some other way. Okay, what I get for you is the hyena. Mm. <laughs> Scavenger? Huh. Reception, <laughs> um, partnership, and an intuitive. And the hyena carries the power of the mystic and walks with no fear of the unknown. Hmm. That would be you, Gary. Maybe. And the powers of the hyena are calling in for telepathic communication, learning the value of a community, and nurturing your connection to a tribe. That's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, adaptability and survival. And um, the awareness from hyena is um, you need to fill yourself up with a high vibration of laughter. Are you funny? I don't know. I don't <laughs> think so. Do you laugh a lot? I make other people laugh. Okay, there you go. I, I'm sort of notorious for telling stories and sort of having a dry, sort of pan face type of humor. Uh -huh. Okay. And then um, make yourself, just to make yourself clear, uh, let's see. So hyena has an important place in the cycle of life, which moves from creation to destruction and rebirth. Scavengers assist in making space for something new to occur. For the shaman, the practice of dismemberment involves going on a spiritual journey to another dimension where a spirit animal is brought in to destroy the human body. This is done so that all the layers of conditioning and human limitations are removed. And after dismemberment, the shaman can be reborn again or remembered and inclusive of the powers of the animal that facilitate the process. Hyena is the perfect power animal to work with for purification and a new start. It will help you to see the truth and rely on your instincts for survival. Hyena brings the message to activate your inner warrior to access your courage and resolve it is time to conquer your inner enemies, obstacles, difficulties, and shortcomings. If you are lacking discipline, it will help you to master self-control and deal with things that you have ignored. Hyena finds the inner resources to tame overindulgence and doubt. It keeps you focused on your destiny and not on the obstacles. Hmm. And there's a lot more about the hyena in my book. <laughs> but um, that's, that's the... The quick and dirty version of it. <laughs> I, actually, I'm kind of surprised at how accurate that is. You know, I mean, one of the reasons I started the podcast is to not necessarily destroy what people believe, but at least open their minds to become open to something new. Like, put a crack in, in you know, what people think might be real and what people may believe is not real, mm -hmm. you know, at least to make them question, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I'm definitely a survival type of mode person. My personality has always been like 
look at the basic needs and survive. That's why I kind of like when we mentioned before, like I was, I'm kind of attached to this kind of life because I almost enjoy being in survival mode. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Yeah, so that would be very much the hyena. You know, people are amazed at how accurate it is for them. I had one gal, because um, on my on my website I have, you can go in and you can um, purchase a power animal, just like I do for you. Mm-hmm. And um, and I send you that part, part of the book that, you know, you are and i've gotten so many i've probably done probably over a thousand and it's so amazing how accurate people write that some i mean some animals they don't they don't relate to but i'd say maybe 80 percent of the people really you know they read it and they're like oh my god this is totally me this is the animal that should have been with me through my entire life Mm. so um it's it's i had one girl say that um and I picked it, she was cougar. And um, she's had a picture of a cougar over her bed since she was a little girl. We you know, never really knew why. Um, and then um, another um, girl um, had swallows tattooed on her arm. Mm-hmm. And her and she night was, I didn't know that because she was looked at it online. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her um, animal was swallow. <laughs> <laughs> So it was just validation sometimes of something you've known your whole life, but it just you just kind of needed that shaman to validate that you know that uh, yeah what uh, you're seeing. Is, can is, can is you real. do my wife for me? Sure. Okay, I get. Let's see, one one second. She's killing me, but I always have to look up her damn birthday on Facebook. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> it does um, mention or being orderly. <laughs> under hyena. <laughs> One second. Her birthday is February third, nineteen seventy nine, and she was born in Trenton, New Jersey. And her, her name? Kelly. K-E-L-L-Y. Yep. And her birth name is Korea. C-O-R-R-E-I-A. And your, what does she most resonate with now? As far as last name? Uh-huh. Oh, probably Kachalolo. Spell it again. C-O-C-C-I-O-L-I-L-L-O. Okay, I'll put both names so we get it right. And she was born in Trenton. Yep, Trenton. New Jersey. Sparrow. It's awesome. I knew it had to be. My wife has her whole arm is tattooed with birds. <laughs> and I, told, I just told you that story. <laughs> How does that happen? Yeah. So, so that's why I, like, like, as soon as you mentioned the tattoo, I, was, I wonder. 
<laughs> because yeah, because sparrow. she has she has all she probably she probably has a sparrow. I don't know, but her whole arm is just covered with different types of birds. Okay, yeah, and so um, the sparrow because they they channeled all, all of these messages to me. That's in my it's a shaman's guide to power animals, uh-huh. and so they they channeled all this. And the sparrow told me, show gratitude for the small things. As they often bring big love. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, sir. Okay. And um, the power of the sparrow is to build a spiritual community, coordinate tax- tasks with others in the most effective manner possible, mm-hmm. and build an audience of people with whom you like to share your story. Hmm. She does and all those. And when Sparrow comes in, you may be relying too much on others for happiness. Venture out of civilization and commune with nature. And you may be feeling caved in, so spread your wings and fly. Wow. And in Japan, Sparrow is is a symbol of loyalty because of its success at getting along very well in groups. Hmm. And... um, it says that um, be a person who inspires others and supports them to arrive at greater heights of awareness. In doing this, you will see that opportunity flows in your direction. So many see the world from a narrow perspective that looks like a small circular opening in the side of a birdhouse and lead a narrow existence. Sparrow can guide you to hop boldly out onto your perch where you can launch a new life for yourself. <laughs> so that's a little tidbit from... That's from awesome. <laughs> I, I just sent her a message telling her that her spirit guide is the sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how accurate this is. <laughs> yeah, and she's a, she is completely obsessed with birds. And I'm glad that we did it live, so there's no one thinking that we did <laughs> <laughs> she, she is... I guess she doesn't have one because she just said, maybe I should get a sparrow tat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now they'll be a sparrow. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I do see both sparrow and swallow around her. Mm-hmm. Um, Tuber, actually, both, both of those. That's mm-hmm. great. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so when you did the, you, you channeled all this information about the spirit animals? Yes, I spent three to four hours per animal channeling. Wow. And then I did research as to what these animals mean, mean to the indigenous communities which use them. So you'll get information about, you know, what did the Hopis say about the sparrow? What did the Aborigines say about the sparrow? So you get information from all the indigenous, you know, communities as to what they um, saw in those animals and then you'll get my take on it and then the actual channeling from the animal as to what they wanted to share with humanity and how did you put that together in a way to look it up through like birth date and name well because of the program that I have that the program I mentioned that the minds you know mm-hmm. downloaded um, I can put all the I can put all of the animals into that program because for me to do a, a power animal retrieval for someone can take maybe a half an hour. I have to go back into their lives at that time. And, you know, it's a, it's a very, you know, 
you know, like when I did my power animal retrieval, that was almost a two hour ceremony. Uh So it's, you know, way too much to do. Um, So to go along with the book, what I did is I put all the animals into my program. And then what the program will do is search the quantum field of each individual and it will pop up the animal that was on the field at birth. So I can do it much quicker that way. And it's actually very, very, very accurate because even when I do the retrievals and I check it on my system, it usually um, aligns. So, so how can I use this knowledge in my everyday life going forward, knowing that I'm a hyena and my wife is a sparrow? <laughs> well, you know, the characteristics of the animals you can use. So for example, in my book, I talk about the mouse. Well, if you think about a mouse, um, a mouse is very good at finding a place to live. I mean, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. They can find a house anywhere, right? And I was having trouble finding a place to live. And my power animal was jaguar, or actually lion. And the jaguars were my teacher, but the power animal that came in with me was lion. But you can look in the book for the characteristics. At the back of the book, it'll, it'll tell you all the different, you know, like things that you need. So, for example, I can go in the back and say, you know, I need, um, um, I want to have, I want to have more sexuality. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just, I just pulled this out. Is what I put that. Well, you look in here and you say, okay, what power is in here? Oh, that's the goat. <laughs> so maybe putting a picture of a goat in your bedroom, uh-huh. or um, you know, using their powers for whatever you are trying to create. Um, so back to my story about the mouse. Um, I went, I, I said, come on, mouse. I need the mouse power. Come with me. I need to find a place. And in Sedona, it's very hard to find a rental, mm-hmm. especially if you have pets. So I was driving around. I just had this urge to turn left on the street and right on this other street. And there it was, you know, for rent. It wasn't listed. Um, I knocked on the door the, or the guy was standing outside and I asked if the place for rent. He goes, yeah. And I said, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, you can use them for things like that everyday things you look in the back like you might say you know i need some um uh, i want to travel okay so then you would take the camel you know with you um or i want to move to another country that would be a camel Mm -hmm. so you know you can use their powers and call them in and ask them to support your efforts and they're very obliging and very helpful so what power does a french bulldog have well, now you have um, domestic pets, but mm-hmm. those pets are not in the spirit realm. Ah. Um, I did I did include um, the domestic pets just to understand what their contribution is to mm-hmm. us um, on the third level, but most of them are not what we would use as a as a power animal. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know my French bulldog. He just likes to chew on my leg and pee on the couch. So. <laughs> Yes, they're, dogs, dogs are for heart, to move us into the heart chakra. Mm-hmm. Um, being on this planet, it's very hard to experience unconditional love. And so um, our domestic pets are the teachers for that. Yeah, he does that. He forces me into it by peeing yeah. on the couch. And I still have to love him. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and chewing on my leg. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, they're the kind of creatures that just come home and you come home and they just lick you and care about you and whatever they do, you don't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
we learned we learned a lot of conditional love from domestic pets. Um, have us something like really weird, like a a walrus. A walrus. Yeah, you know, like that song "I Am the Walrus." Uh huh. Well, the walrus. Did I do walrus? I think he's under. Put him with um, seal. I think. Yeah. Well, the walrus, um, that whole family of animals, elephants, seals, sea lion, walrus, um, they are very good about helping deal with emotionally charged family issues. You know, if you've ever seen them all lying on the beach. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they just chill. They chill, yeah. And they really get along pretty much for the most part. Um, it, it's, um, they're also for when, you want, when it's time to throw your weight around. <laughs> um, and also going deeper into understanding your purpose in life you know they they go beneath the surface of mm -hmm. things and um, then they're also um, if, if one comes to you as a power animal um, there may be a lack of fidelity in a relationship the men are not very loyal mm -hmm. to their partners um, and um, also how to better manage your emotions and, um, you know, back in the day, the Celtic shamans would um, shapeshift into walrus um, so that they could go to see the sea goddesses. So they would use that form to see the sea goddess Sedna, and she lived at the bottom of the ocean. Do you have any sea creatures in there, like an octopus? Yes, octopus is probably the most alien of all. In fact, it does have alien DNA in it. Mm -hmm. Um, usually people who have octopuses are, are aliens who are in human bodies on our planet. Hmm. So, um, they're usually very, very connected to, um, I what I would say alien energy. Um, the octopus is an extremely interesting creature and power animal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually it was near the Mayan ruins where I was snorkeling. That I actually got to see an octopus. Oh wow! Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's um, they're very powerful. And the other um, creature that's extremely powerful for like light workers or really um, um, you know, human beings who are really on those high vibrational levels is the platypus. Um, usually really strong healers and plat and um, light workers mm -hmm. end up with platypus. <laughs> Have an armadillo. Armadillo. That's another very well. They were, they were all interesting. I mean, I, you know, sh channeling all of them was really. It was just really cool. Sorry, I'm um, just having fun throwing out random animals. All right. Let's see. Um, armadillo is about protection, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, empathy and seeking. Um, it's, it will, um, 
It's very good for children who had um, um, personal abuse. Mm -hmm. um, it's, of course, good for people who don't have good boundaries. Um, if there's negative energy around teaching you how to create a veil of protection around your body, um, it will also show up if you're too defensive and need to open up. Um, it's, um, it's a very strong creature. Um, um, if it's hit by a bullet, it'll ricochet off. It will not penetrate through um, um, that. So it's good for people who are empaths, mm. who just, you know, don't, who really struggle being, being in the world. It would be a perfect power animal for them. Just, you know, kind of protecting their beautiful, you know, the beautiful sensitivity. Yeah. You wouldn't, you, you wouldn't happen to have Bigfoot in there, would you? I don't. I've only seen Bigfoot twice. Um, I um, I've had two cases of clients who've been very sick and did not know why. Um, one case was near you, actually, in Pennsylvania. Um, the woman, you know, had been to doctors just all over the place, everywhere, mm -hmm. and not nobody could figure out what was wrong with her. And the problem was that she was living next to Bigfoot, mm -hmm. and Bigfoot was sick. I mean, Bigfoot, this is not a healthy creature. No? Um, not really. Because they're very, um, um, there's a lot of hygiene issues. And so they just are not, um, they're not healthy for us to be around. And so she was getting, I found one case in Pennsylvania and one case in um, the Bay Area like in East, Eastern, like Oakland. Mm -hmm. And um, they were living on another dimension. Again, same, same like Isa who lives here with me, the priestess. Um, but they, you know, they would come, they come in and out. And so they would um, pick up stuff from them. So what we did is we worked with Bigfoot to help them to, you know, keep their distance, to give, the, give that person their space on their field so that their health improved. And usually the health improved. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't know if Bigfoot would have, would qualify because sometimes, I don't know, because we don't really know exactly what they are. Yeah, yeah Bigfoot, um, I, never, I didn't list it as a pal animal because I don't feel like, I don't feel that much of an animal mm -hmm. in Bigfoot. I feel more of a being. A being, yeah. And so it didn't kind of fit. But I do have like unicorn in my book. Mm. Um, Phoenix is in there. Um, you know, some of these creatures that we just no longer see just because they have evolved beyond our view. Um, and But I wanted to include them. In fact, they, they insisted that I include them because they didn't think it was fair to be left out. <laughs> so, trying to please all the creatures. <laughs> So, so do you have any extinct animals in there, like the woolly mammoth? Um, no, I didn't. Oh. I didn't go there. I think I'm not so sure, but I have almost 200 animals. Wow! And um, you know, I had to just pick so many. It was mm. it was about a year and a half long effort. So it was 
you know, very extensive amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, so before we wrap this up, where can my listeners find you? I'm at lauriemorrison.com. L-O-R-I-M-O-R-R-I-S-O-N.com. That's probably the best place mm-hmm. to stop. Um, I'm also on Facebook, um, you know, Twitter, all those, all those places. You can look me up there. But the best place to go is my website, and then you can always link to those places from there. Um, I, I, you can book sessions there. Um, I have a lot of um, different, I have great meditation CD that I, that I did, and I have some great courses. Um, in fact, this month on the 23rd, um, I just do this course twice a year. And I am, it's a wonderful group of people. We do seven weeks and it's called Mastering You, where I put everyone into that higher energy mm-hmm. that I was in so that they can evolve into those better, you know, that, that space of, of evolution. And then after they pass that class, they go into the Ascension Circle where it's really high vibe. And then we go into some really deep topics. Mm-hmm. And I work, with, I work with the same program that I mentioned to you um, because I use frequency to support them. Mm-hmm. So they're in the course, but they're also getting the frequencies that are aligned with um, their you know, goals and where they want to be. <laughs> That's great. So, so what I'll do is I will post links to your website and then those to this episode. And I'll also post a link to uh, your books on uh, Amazon as well. So my listeners will be able to uh, buy them. Great. After Thank listening, because I'm sure they'll all want to buy your book and find out what <laughs> animals they are. That's usually what happens. I went on one podcast and I think I had like 500 people. And I was like, wait a second. I can only pedal as fast as I can. <laughs> so if they do call, be patient. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank it's you. It's not a computer genera- genera- generated report. I actually do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, okay. Thank you for being on today and taking time sure, to talk Gary, to thank me. Thank you so much for inviting me. All right. Just, Have a wonderful 2021. You, you too. And I was going to play the okay. outro. Hang on one second. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.